You hear that, Roz? What's that? Panting, crazy, <laughs> lunatic dogs. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, don't tell the listeners what all that panting is about. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's a different uh, kind of podcast today. <laughs> so here's the trick, Roz. What? And listeners. You can spend... By the way, if you hear any chewing, that's Roz eating her chunky monkey oatmeal breakfast. Still really hot. Yeah, well, Roz loves her... not chewing with oatmeal, really. You got blueberries in there. Okay, maybe the blueberries a little bit. If you don't chew those blueberries, I know what's in the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) I told our private group yesterday, I love talking about He does. He also loves sharing his thoughts with the world. Not the world, just you. Just me, actually. Just me and the dogs. That's something very special between us. Right. (laughs) So Roz loves her food, I would say, piping hot. Yeah. I love my food room temperature. Room temperature, if, if you're lucky. What, cold? Cooler than that, yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> want to burn my mouth. I, I will say I've started to enjoy my food a little warmer. <laughs> really? Yeah, some of the food, some foods. How, um, what do you mean? How, what do you enjoy about that? You notice a difference in the taste. Not necessarily the taste, just my overall, the dogs are making me laugh, just my overall enjoyment of the food. I was talking with the girls at the gym on the weekend. First off, we were talking about how difficult it is to um, chop up sweet potato into wedges. And I was like, I got a hack for that. Put it in the microwave for two minutes first. Yeah. Then chop them up. Um, but yeah, one of the girls was saying how she has to like chop them up in a certain way because she feels like they taste different. I think that's totally true with certain types of food. They just, it's, it's like the texture or the, how much of a mouthful you get with them when they're in a certain shape. It's like sandwiches, you know, when you're a kid? They yeah. always tasted better when they were cut into those triangles. Oh, you know what I think is? <laughs> I think that's a really good observation in that part of it is probably the way your tongue hits it. So, for example, you have a sandwich cut into triangles. I, I can distinctly recall that you get, like, tuna in multiple areas of your mouth. So, for example, if you cut my, because let's be real, you cut the, I I have sweet potatoes often, Mm -hmm. because they're, if I need carbs, and primarily just carbs at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. so I throw it in the microwave, then you then cut it up and put it in the oven. We only did that recently. I've been chopping up sweet potato and hurting my hand, trying to cut through these tough suckers, and then recently, what was it, I think it was late, and you're like, I need a sweet potato, and we're like, okay, let's just throw it in the microwave. And I pulled it out. I was going to eat it out of the microwave. And you were going to eat it. And I was like, I could still chop it into wedges maybe and then just put it under the, under the broiler for a minute or two. And we did that. And it like, worked perfectly. Well, and I think about sweet potatoes, it's probably how much of the seasoning you're putting on it you're getting based on the cut of the wedge. Right. More surface area. Correct. <laughs> Correct. But me liking my food room temperature and you liking it hot works well because... I can throw my food, you know, get it ready, kind of let it sit for a few minutes as you're finishing up. Yeah, that is true. That does work well. Let me go back to my initial lesson. Were you going to add something to that? No, I was just going to say you don't want too many cooks in the kitchen. I don't want it. I only want one cook in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) This makes me laugh because you were just talking about this earlier, and I was like, this would be so funny for the listeners to hear about. What? How you were talking about Donna, your old gym member, who, like, used to make you these sesame noodles yeah 
And it occurred to me as you were like standing there. <laughs> so I was like, why didn't you just freeze them? Because <laughs> you ate the whole batch. And you were like, I was a bachelor. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, Jason has literally had some woman taking care of him his entire life. That's right. And if you're, and if you're listening and you were one of those women, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the only woman that would fit that both criteria, listening and had been one of those women, is my mom. All the other ones <laughs> are far away from listening to any podcast I know. Oh, I see what you mean listening to this podcast yeah they, they've blocked anything that i'm a part of oh jay let me tell that story real quick so this woman donna can eat my oatmeal this woman donna used to make me food she was a client that i used to train back in the day i started training her in probably 2001 um she walked into the gym i was training at the core club which i eventually which is where I eventually opened Albany CrossFit. She walked in, and I tell her this story, and she gets mad, but it's true. She, Donna, let me let me give a little background. <laughs> At the time, Donna was probably 2001, so that's 17 years ago. She's like 77. So she must have been like early 60s. Look, I can say this because I'm Jewish, but she's like your stereotypical older Jew- Jewish woman. Okay. She just was... Let me put it nicely. She wanted her money's worth. Okay. And I don't mean that, like, not like a stereotypical, like, Jewish thing. It wasn't cheap or, I mean, she happens to be a bit frugal. But she's also, you know, as she a... She's Ashkenazi Jew? Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's Ashkenazi. Um, that's a reference to the podcast I did on the CrossFit show. But, so she comes in complaining. I joined here and I didn't get the training I wanted. I thought I was going to get this and that. And I wasn't a trainer at the time. I kind of ran the aerobics program. And I was like, look, I'll take you around. I knew it. I mean, I knew more than any of the trainers there. Right, right. I just didn't happen to be a trainer at that gym at the time. Right, in, in the gym. So you're like, I'll show you. Yeah, I gym. trained people at Gold's at right. the time. But I also, but then I taught aerobics and whatnot at the core club. Take her around. She's like, that was great. Um, can you train me? And I was like, sure. And that's kind of how I started training people there as well. Right. You know, we hit it off. I trained her probably, you know, twice a week for the next, till I opened CrossFit in 2007. So six years, I mean, we became friendly, you know, as friendly as a 20-year-old and a 60-year-old become. All right, but you trained her for a long time then. Oh, yeah, yeah. You spent a lot of hours with her. Yeah, I took her son, who has special needs, to Disney World twice. Um, That's a whole nother podcast. Um, (laughs) I feel like that was more of a selfish endeavor. (laughs) I mean, I got paid. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like when you get paid to take someone with special needs to Disney, I mean, you're getting paid, you know, X amount of hours a day, but it's a 24 hour job. You're, you know, I was wiping his butt. I mean, it wasn't like, (laughs) he didn't talk. You're by yourself, you know, but But I bet bet he was having the time of his life. He had a great time and I made him do things that Donna would have freaked out. I made him, you know, I can like influence him, although he didn't really talk to other people or much to me, but I would make him go up to like girls because he was like into girls. You know, he didn't know why kind of, but he was into like, he would be attracted to women. Okay. And I'd be like, go over there, Todd. It's funny. There's this guy at our local Whole Foods. Who has some kind of special needs learning difficulty? I'm not exactly sure what. 
but all I like when I go there and do work sometimes I just see him doing the rounds like he'll go up to women and like chat them up like he's he's so funny I'm like this guy is well you know <laughs> when you have someone with special needs they still have hormones and all that stuff yeah and, they, and, and I think they well he apparently doesn't have as much inhibition about it I think it's awesome that's exactly what it is and for those listening that don't know I have my master's in psychology I was telling Roz the other day you know I she didn't know this, but that's what I did my master's in, you know, exercise and kids with special needs. And Todd was one of them. We used to do yoga together. So anyway, you know, Donna and I, and I had like this uh, harem of six or seven women around Donna's age. <laughs> and they would come over to my house. We'd have dinners. It's when I was single. Not that anything was going on with those women, but it was just like I had nothing, you know, else to do some nights. And we would all hang out. There was a really, you know. Donna and Laura and Diana and Susie um, and you know a hand and Lenora and a handful of others. So Donna used to make me food, and one of my favorite foods was sesame noodles. Mm-hmm. Now, ses- I don't really know what sesame noodles well, are. Sounds like noodles with like sesame oil. On that's exactly yeah. I mean, that's basically or sesame sauce or something. It was it was more oil. Oil. And it was my favorite. She did such a great job with it. So. I'm getting ready to go to the CrossFit Games. This is probably 2000, not not competing, but I worked at the CrossFit Games. Before I judged, I used to do the equipment on the competition floor. and like getting it all set up? Correct. I used to run it. Like, I was the head of it. Were you, like, physically taking the, the equipment on and off the floor? I did a lot of that, but, I mean, honestly, I was, like, the, the brains behind it, so I didn't have to be as physical with it. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's how I met Kyle. From North Naples CrossFit. Oh, really? He, he volunteered. He was volunteering? Yeah. No way. So you met him before here? I didn't know he was from here. When I moved down here, he saw a picture I posted on Instagram. He's like, hey, I go there. I was like, I thought he meant like once in a while when he's oh, in I town. I have told me this yeah. story before. So anyway. Like, I forgot. That's funny. I eat this entire Tupperware of sesame noodles because I'm like, it's going to go bad if I don't mm-hmm. eat it now. I'm gone for a week. That's where you said, didn't you freeze it? And I was like, I didn't think to freeze it. So I, I eat this Tupperware, and then I immediately fly to California. Like, I ate it and then got in the car and went to the airport. And get to California. It was late at that time. Probably, you know, I probably had a few obligations that night. Go to bed. Wake up the next morning. Hives. Covered. And I never get that. Like your whole body? Whole body. Wow. And I'm like, my immediate thought was, there's bed bugs here. So I go to the front desk and I was like, look, look at me. I have, you had bed bugs. Look at me. They had a whole test come in, everything. Oh my God. They were like, sir, there's no bed bugs here. Wow. I was like, well, what do you think this is? (laughs) Doc knows me. And then I, you know, I. What's wrong with me? And he's like, sir, I don't think I should tell you. (laughs) Where we used to stay in Manhattan Beach in California, like right next door, there was a little. Kind of like a very small Whole Foods, and they had a little drug section. I bought some Benadryl type stuff, went away. So, oh, went away right away. Yeah, so oh. it was clearly an allergy to those sesame noodles. So, okay. here's a big lesson for those it's listening. Too much. Yeah, too much of anything. Sometimes you have an allergy, you don't realize it because you don't eat it in this abundance. Right. But when you eat too much of it, then you suddenly notice. Oh, my whole body's covered in hives. Correct. Let me go back to the original statement I was making 12 minutes ago. I was wondering whether you may have forgotten about that or not. We spend a lot of money on dog treats, dog foods, dog toys. Their favorite toys 
are when I put old toys in <laughs> my old socks. Yeah, objects, any kind of object, tennis so, balls. Grab your old sock, you know, find some that you're not wearing anymore that have holes in them, like not big enough that the tree will fall out. Put their toy in there, and they love it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Money saver listening to this Unfortunately, podcast. Unfortunately, they always love the same toy. Yeah, well, ours do. But let's dive into the topic, emotionally. I know, we're already 10, 12 minutes. And I think part of what we just discussed is somewhat emotional. For me, those sesame noodles I would eat. Probably because they remind me of food my grandma used to make. Yeah. So it's part of like, obviously they're delicious, but they also have. But I think what's interesting about it is when you told me the story, you said, so Donna had given you this huge batch of sesame noodles and you were leaving out of town and you didn't want them to go bad. So you ate the whole thing. And I think that's something that, diving a little more into the psychology of things a little bit, I noticed that I feel that way too. Like, I have difficulty leaving stuff on my plate or saying no when, you know, you're at a friend's house for dinner and stuff because there's all this leftovers and you don't want it to go bad or to be thrown out or wasted. Well, and I think another thing that the listeners will recognize and, and think that they've done, because I used to do it, is like, well, i got to eat this because I don't want it in the house anymore. That too. Yeah, that's another thing. It's like, oh, well, there's, in fact, I just did it the other night. There was like a tiny bit of ice cream left. I actually did weigh it out and add it to my macros, but I was like, I, I can't leave this in the tub. Like, I need to finish it. I have to finish it. Yeah, or cookies. Yeah. We've done that. Yeah, when you have a pack of cookies, there's like three left. And like I said, that was 2011, I think. Clearly, well before I found flexible eating, I would never do that now. Right. I would sooner throw the food out than go over my macros. But it's hard. Like, me thinking about that makes me feel, like, somewhat terrible. I think because it's just so ingrained in me as a kid. Hey, we don't waste leftovers. We eat everything. <laughs> and always that, like, clean your plate mentality. Like, if your plate's full, you're eating everything on it. Yeah, no, I 100% agree, and I think that's something that flexible eating teaches is like, hey, there may still be food. First of all, you and I would never put excess food on our plates. Not anymore, Lesson right. right there. Right. Now, obviously, you go out to a brunch or dinner or your friend's house, and they serve you. Mm. You know, I would, I, would, I would make this argument. You know, obviously, you know, let's use our example. If we go to my mom's and she's making lasagna, I don't know. And we figure out how we're measuring the lasagna. Now, she just throws a scoop of it on our plates, which she knows better. But say that happens to you at your house. No, you going over on that one portion is probably not significant. Mm-hmm. It's what are you doing after that? Right. So, so those are certainly things to keep in mind. I want you to dive into emotions. Yeah, well, I think that has an emotional connection, too, though. So I kind of wanted to allude to that a little bit. Because I know there are a lot of people out there who still struggle with sugary-type foods and are very easily influenced by those types of foods. And they keep buying them, and it's like, well, you're enabling something that still has a lot of control over you. So minimizing your risk of consuming excess of that food should be your priority first off so if someone so so for example like if you had a kitchen like us right now with a pantry full 
of Easter eggs and, and cookies and whatnot. And this could be very challenging for a lot of people, but if you recognize that you just do not have that restraint right now or that um, discipline to be able to include it into your day without going crazy about it, then you may need to get rid of some of those sugary foods from your pantry. So if someone comes to you and says, I love flexible eating. I, I enjoy this lifestyle. I enjoy all that you and Jay preach. I can't have Oreos in my house mm -hmm. because I go crazy. And I know I'm only supposed to eat two. I know that's something you talk about. Two Oreos has you know, 12 carbs, six fat. I understand that. But when I have two, I have 22. Yeah. What do you tell them? Well, I think our principle with most of most things is to always start slow. Like, I don't want people coming to flexible eating, understanding that they can eat anything they want, just not everything, going out and filling their pantry with all of the things that they've always deprived themselves of and then expect themselves to already have that discipline. That's literally what I did. Well, because you're very black and white. A lot of people don't have that discipline. When I started flexible eating, it, I bought one thing. I bought cinnamon toast crunch. I've told that story numerous times. Mm -hmm. And then when I realized this is working, I was like, well, then, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so there was a different point. There was a point where you then realized it was working. Okay, I can open up the floodgates and buy all this stuff. Right, but it wasn't a matter of I couldn't control it. I still had cinnamon toast crunch in my pantry. I obviously was pouring myself the proper amount every night. Right. It was more so, let me see if this works. I'm not going to spend $100 on all this junk food and then realize it doesn't work and have to start depriving myself again. Right. So, I, you know, I started, my, my kind of gateway food, if you will, was Cinnamon Toast Crunch, was eating it every night, losing weight, and I was like, well, if this is working, what's next? You know, Nilla Wafers. <laughs> what, you know, whatever it was, Ben and Jerry's, all those foods. And I was like, all right, but you're right. I'm very black and white from day one. And also I think it depends, and we'll dive deeper now into more of the emotional aspect of it, but, you know, how, how much stress are you under? How much, you know, how much are you susceptible to um, potentially sabotaging yourself? Why and does stress for so many people wind up causing bad eating? Because I think, I, and I mean, I'm not a psychologist, I don't really know, but I think, for example, with something sweet or just that comfort food, you get that immediate sense of relief and enjoyment, and it's, ve it's very immediate, and it just helps the stress dissipate. So the stress is still there. Like don't like don't fool yourself. Right, it's like you a haven't actually gotten rid of it. You've just temporarily tricked your brain into thinking that you're enjoying life. Life again. So you're momentarily. You're stressed. Um, you come home from a hard day of work. The house is a mess. Your kid's sick. Pooping everywhere. <laughs> your husband. Um, you sit on the sofa, or you. Go and grab whatever. Well, like let me I'm, lay out the scenario gonna, story. Okay. Let me keep going. I like this. You just said your husband. <laughs> right. Your husband made himself dinner but just left a mess. Okay. Right. 
Sounds um, like a nightmare. You missed your favorite TV show that you were looking forward to. It's not on demand. Well, yeah, probably is these recorded. days, but let's say. <laughs> and, um, I don't know how to use that stuff. And, and you're just like, whatever. I'm having that Ben and Jerry's. Um, yeah, and you sit, you open that Ben and Jerry's and you grab a spoon, no bowl. Just pint. That's the best way to have it. <laughs> I like I like when I have Ben and Jerry's, it's like I plug in four servings because that's what that thing is. You know, I, I have it all at once. Mm -hmm. Which is why you're like, that thing's been in there for two weeks and I'm like Because you're planning a day where you can have it all. Right, because I gotta figure out what day that fits. But okay, so then you're like, all right, well I'm gonna eat this whole pint of Ben and Jerry's. This isn't frozen yogurt, this is a real deal Whoa. cookie dough. And you're like, all right, life is good. Yeah. And then you finish it, and you're like, that kitchen is still a mess. My kid still has, you know, poop everywhere. Mm hmm And I still miss Desperate Housewives. Is that even still on? Right. I don't know. That so, was exactly what I was telling you about the other day. We saw a film, terrible film with Ava Longoria in it. Oh, yeah. Overboard. So, we're saying, hey, that stress just re releases some dopamine. You, you know, you feel good in the moment. And then... For most of us, I know for me, in the past when I have done something like that, now my stress is worse because I'm like, damn, I'm stressed and now I'm more stressed and I just blew my day. Right. And even if you have no concept of blowing your day or flexible eating because you're not really tracking your macros, chances are if it's not immediately, it's going to be sometime later that night or the next day, you're going to be feeling guilty about what you, just, so, what you did. So what should someone do? Instead of eating that ice cream? Yeah. And let's assume I mean, most people that are listening are doing flexible eating. They know what their numbers should be. Mm -hmm. Maybe they did have one scoop of that ice cream planned. Maybe they didn't have any. They didn't have any plan. What's your advice? I mean, if I was, if it was me, I would always make sure I have ice cream planned in anyway. Fair, so you, you, and you do a good job of this regularly, whether it's ice cream or you have like these new Reese's mini things in there. Oh yeah, I have a couple of those. You always have a treat at the end of the day. Right, and it's not because I necessarily need it, it's because Is I it, Do I stress you out? Do you want to talk it. about that? <laughs> well, in the scenario you laid out, I do think the wife needs to have a frank conversation with the husband. <laughs> but why is the house a mess? Why is the kitchen a mess? <laughs> but the point is, set yourself up for success in advance. Not that you know you're going to come home stressed, but know that that food is what you look forward to at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. If, if you're already in that place where you are tracking and you know that you can be disciplined about it and you're not going to be just sitting there with the tub of ice cream and the spoon... Then I think, yeah, plan for it. And and we've talked about this before for people who do find it a little bit challenging to control that aspect of how much of their favorite foods they're consuming, you know, trying to get single serve packets. I think in the beginning for me, instead of buying tubs of ice cream, I used to buy the like the yeah, so bars yeah. because they're individually packed or packaged. So it was very definitive for me. I'm having one of these. There's no going over or under. There's no measuring it out and, oopsies, my spoon slipped. I got an extra 30 grams in my bowl. It's okay. There's one bar. 
And uh, actually, I saw some recently some new ice cream tubs in public supermarket that are sort of single serve size as well, which is cool. Yeah, that's I, I remember when I came up with that idea. Not that it's just like mind blowing. I was given a seminar in Rochester. I don't know if you were there. This might have been before. I don't think so. This no, because I've heard you talk about this. Yeah, I was in Rochester, and this lady was just like. I can't have chips in the house, but I want chips. I'm kind of the same, and I do find chips a hard one because everywhere you go, they only serve them or sell them in big size bags. No, they definitely serve single bags, like a variety pack type thing of Frito-Lay. All right. But nevertheless, what I told her was, hey, go get that bag. And this is exactly what you just said. Get some Ziploc bags. Mm -hmm. Get a scale. And put them on the scale and ziplock each bag. Right. And whether you're doing that with single serve bags, like you said, which I think is a better option, I think, you know, we've obviously told people it's it's a little more expensive to buy those than a big bag, mm-hmm. whether you're buying Oreos, single serve, or or chips. But there's something very, you know, you have you're aware, I should say. All right, I have this bag of chips. I'm gonna go sit on the couch and just keep sticking my hand in it. Versus, I want more, I have to go back into the pantry, I have to pull out another bag, I have to open that bag. Right, and at that point you should really be asking yourself, do I really need more, or is this desire coming from something else, something else driving this, and and what's it going to do? Because I'm a big fan of everyone needs to have the food in their house that they're afraid of, because until you can do that, it still basically owns you. I agree with that. I think you just have to know yourself well first. Correct. I don't think you and, should and, do that and, tomorrow. Right. And know where you are on this journey. You know, if you're still at that very beginning stage, maybe, or even you've been doing this for a while, but you're just going through a really horrendous, like, stressful time in your life. And maybe you're finding that your emotional eating tendencies are coming back to you, then, you know, just know yourself. Do you need to maybe get rid of a few things that would send you a little crazy? And, and you know, let's let's wrap this up with some other tips and tricks people can do when they are going down that emotional eating rabbit hole. First of all, if you are part of our private lifestyle group, you're one of our members, you know that we have a quote-unquote hotline. I know. Tell me about it because I don't know a lot about it. I know you set it up and I was like... <laughs> and listeners, don't take this wrong, but we already give a lot of our time to our clients and even people who aren't our clients, you know, so how does this hotline work? What so we so we have a Google Voice line, right? which is, if you've never used Google Voice, it's, it's a phone number that connects. So in other words, I can connect it to numerous other phones if I wanted to. It's good for businesses. Right. But I have a Google Voice with a phone number that you can call, that you can text, and then there's an email associated with it. And you can, and when you call, is there anyone at the other end of the line? Potentially, I could be. It's typically set to silent. Right. But they could leave a voicemail? They can leave a voicemail. They can text it. I do see the text, and I do see the email. And I tell people, I'm not always by it 24-7, but I will acknowledge it. And the point is, and and... Lots of people have used it, and I and I read them, and it gives us information. But for most people, it's just 
a step between, hey, I'm about to do this and doing it. All right, I have this opportunity to reach out to my coaches. That's cool. I like it. It's like a phone a friend, which is kind of what I said as one of my tips when I was thinking about this topic. And, and it's well, like writing... What, what could you do instead? It's like writing something down before accosting someone about it. Right. You know, I'm mad at you, but you're the same scenario where your husband does this and you write it out. Chills you out a little bit. Right. A little bit of um, a cathartic release or something. Correct. Right. So, so, and obviously you have to be one of our members to have that, but if you're not a member, you can go ahead and post in the tribe. Yeah, sure. And I think that's helpful to a lot of other people, you know, and, you know, don't, it doesn't come off as you being negative or anything like that. I think it's helpful to others to know, hey, someone else feels this way as well. In fact, someone in our lifestyle group, um, a mom recently was like, hey, she posted a picture of her beautiful children. She's like, I, I love these children. They are my number one priority. My husband is away like six weeks at a time, and it just gets so stressful sometimes. And this is what actually made me start thinking about this whole emotional eating issue that people have. And, um, you know, I think when she posted that, so many others commented on that thread, like, completely understand. We feel the same. This is what I do. And it was awesome. She felt really supported and encouraged by that. Yeah, sometimes you're like, I'm the only one dealing with it. Right. And you're not. Right. So what are some other tips and tricks? Obviously, you know, all of those are kind of phoning a friend, whether it's us, whether it's this community that we've created, whether it's your nutrition buddy. Any other tips and tricks you would give? I think it's helpful to have a little bit of a mantra that you say to yourself when this kind of thing happens or comes up. And um, one of the analogies that I had heard recently, which I thought was awesome, is you know, when you are, and, and you mentioned this before, it's like you're letting this food control you. And if you think of, okay, I'm driving a car, I'm going to let my emotions come along for the ride, but at no point do I want to let my emotions take the wheel and steer. That's kind of like saying, hey, drunk baby, drive me home. <laughs> you know? right. It's like, this is not a good idea. So cool, like acknowledge your emotions, they're there, they're there in that passenger seat next to you, but don't let them take control, don't let them have the steering wheel. So if you just can maybe visualize that, and I think that like a good mantra is like, you know, I'm driving the car, something like that. It doesn't have to be, it could be anything you want, but I kind of like that analogy because it's like, cool, I'm driving, the emotions are over there in the passenger seat, they're not getting near the steering wheel. I like it. And I think along with that, you know, we've been trying to incorporate this into our lives as well, daily meditation. And I have to say, it's like, it's very eye-opening because my initial reaction in the morning, I get up, I brush my teeth, wash my face, get dressed. And I've been trying to get into this routine of, of meditating just for five minutes every morning. And I, I tell you, like, the urge I have is I just want to get to my day. Like, I've got so many things to do, I want to get to my day. And I think if you actually stop and realize I have five minutes to just meditate and chill out and try to be more present, I think that allows you and that kind of transcends into other areas of your life where you want to react so quickly. It's like, no, I've got a minute. Let's take a breath and use that skill that you're developing. So if you're not already doing something like that, I would highly recommend trying to incorporate 
five minutes of meditation every day. I agree. And that's a topic we're going to discuss in a future episode because for a lot of people, meditation is a challenge. Yeah. So we'll dive into that. Not for you. Day three, you're like, I'm enlightened, babe. I had the best meditation session of my life. I did. I did. I like, <laughs> and you got mad at me. Yeah, I was like, you are... <laughs> I nearly... Really cursed on this. You got mad at me. Like, you're a jerk. Like, how can you already be <laughs> enlightened on day three? I'm like monkey mind, stressing out about the dishwasher, thinking about appointments. Like, my meditation is, let's just say, I'm I'm worse than any beginner out there. <laughs> my mind is going a mile a minute. Yeah, I know, you know, we're going to dive further into this. So let's not get too crazy. We'll save that story. <laughs> for uh, next episode, but I will say not every meditation is like that. Some meditations I'm in my closet chanting in my mind, and you walk in with nonsense and interrupt me. I didn't know you were meditating. Exactly. <laughs> but point is... One minute earlier, I heard a wrestling podcast coming from the closet. So hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I assume that's where he listens to his podcast now. <laughs> anyway, not every meditation is full of enlightenment, but we'll talk more about how to set up a proper meditation. And we'll talk a lot more about other awesome topics. We've had some tremendous feedback about this podcast in recent weeks. And if you want to send us feedback... We would love to hear. Where can they email us? Contact at ownyoureating.com. Yeah, I'd love to hear from our listeners, especially any of those who have had emotional eating issues before and what they've done and whether they've managed to work through those issues at all and what what they did. And, and yeah, I'd love to hear from you. And here's the deal. If you're still listening, we appreciate it. And you're probably thinking, ah, somebody will email them. <laughs> Let it be you. Let it be you that emails us. We can only grow this. Look, Roz and I started On Your Eating on April 10th, 2017, and it was a fraction of what it is today. We have a membership now. We have a new site now. We've been on a road trip around the country. We have other awesome things coming in the near future. Roz has a passion project soon to be released that she's been working on for close to a year. But none of this would be possible if we didn't get your feedback. So while you might be thinking someone will send us an email and give us feedback, it should be you too. So send us some feedback, contact it on your eating, check out everything else we do, our social media, at on your eating on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. I've been taking a real liking to Pinterest these days. Uh, check out our blog post. We put up a blog post every single day over at onyoureating.com. Is it backslash or forward slash? forward slash blog, mm -hmm. or you can just go to ownreading.com and click on the drop-down blog. Anything else we need to say? I think that's it. I think you covered it. If you are subscribed to us on iTunes, leave us a review. We'd love that. Yes. A along with giving us some feedback, a review is the next best, if not the best thing you can do. It really helps us become uh, out there for more people to see. So go on iTunes, click on review. Click on the five stars. Tell everybody <laughs> something you love, and uh, we appreciate it. If you leave us a review this week, I will. Uh, I'll do something special for you. Leave us a review. Something special. Yeah, I'll give you something to help you with your macros. I don't know what that is, but uh, you will be taken care of. Let's like the Godfather. You, I will. I will owe you a favor. <laughs>
<laughs> so oh if, if you leave us a review, screenshot that mm -hmm. review, email it to us at contact it on your eating with some feedback. I'll take care of you. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye.